It's Monday. It's August 20th. And the word of the day is picnic, which means of or pertaining to a short, stocky physique with a rounded body and head, thick-set trunk, and a tendency to be fat. Picnic spelled P-Y-K-N-I-C. Used in a sentence, sex with Heath is no picnic, regular spelling, and although his penis is picnic, you have to keep in mind that his penis is picnic. <laughs> what we're trying to say is that Yogi and Boo Boo were into some fucked up shit. <laughs> I googled it. I wish I hadn't, but I did. <laughs> I'm no illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And broadcasting delayed from America's far center, we are the Skeptocrats. On this week's episode, the president yelling the N-word doesn't even make the back page. The EPA will put the best back in asbestos. And that means Crayola can finally release their new childhood carcinoma shade. But first, the rest of the intro music. Joining me for headlines tonight, our fellow Skeptocrats, No Illusions, and Eli Bosnick. Noah, Eli... Team Edward or Team Jacob? What do you think? Ooh, uh, trick question, Heath. Monogamy is slavery. She could have had both. <laughs> I'm, I'm going Team Edward. Fuck the Scottish. What are we talking about? <laughs> That's what we were talking about. Well, you clearly got it correct. It's definitely Team Edward. Jacob's obnoxious okay. as fuck. Uh, <laughs> Racist. In our lead story tonight, the metaphorical beach of Republican congressional integrity is officially college ruled now that the Trump administration <laughs> has crossed yet another line in the sand without consequence in revoking the security clearance of former CIA director John Brennan, perhaps best known for his role as Sam Eagle in The Muppet Show. He's this, so angry. <laughs> right? Always really just like personify. He is a, a human <laughs> anger emoji. Anyway, so this unprecedented abuse of power is exceptional in a lot of ways, of course, but none as much as how goddamn run-of-the-mill and unprecedented abuse of power is at this point. Right? <sighs> like, I, I wasn't sure if this particular one was really lead story material or not, but the fact that I wasn't definitely is. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's the story right there. Okay, abuse of power to get away with treason, or opening up the market for Russian asbestos crayons. Oh, that is a tough call for lead story. Okay, in our lead story, fuck v versus fuck. Tough call. Fuck versus yeah, you fuck. Make story. the call. Yeah. <laughs> You got to understand, everybody at home, at this point, the skeptocrat is us just wading around in quicksand going, which of these grains do you guys want to talk about? This one? <laughs> this, I feel like this one's going to drown me. This, this one's bad. <laughs> this one's going to get right up in there. Oh, so, okay. So the idea of revoking security clearances for political reasons was first floated by the White House back in July, and it was met with unified disdain by members of both parties. Now, the fact that they then shut up about it lulled many of us into believing that the universal condemnation actually scared them off of doing it. But as it turns out, they only shelved it temporarily because they considered it a waste to stoke bipartisan outrage when there was no immediate scandal to distract from. <laughs> yeah, and even now... It feels like a waste of a decoy. I mean, oh, he's going to do worse. Yeah, so maybe hold the decoy in your pocket. Like that's a, probably a better that treason decoy is what I'm talking about. Yeah, mm -hmm. just want to repeat that. It's a decoy made of treason. <laughs> <laughs> Been there. I got a rubber chicken made of uranium. I stole from a nuke. Works like a charm. <laughs> yes. <it. laughs> 
Chickens very well. And we should point out that the reason that John Brennan maintains a security clearance, you know, it, it, it's not some gold watch for a job well done over the years. <laughs> like, yeah, there you go. You, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you keep those codes. You keep those codes. <laughs> yeah. So look, former high-ranking intelligence officials are often consulted on shit that happened when they were in charge. New shit comes up about a particular terrorist cell and they have to bounce it off the last guy who was in charge the last time the cell was active, for example. Or, or Brennan say, called before Congress to testify about a Russian attack on our election that happened under his tenure and he needs to review his own notes, which are obviously classified to better prepare for that testimony. Uh, Mr. President, we can't surgically implant a permanent ball gag on his face. That's not <laughs> how gag or did somebody recently say gag order to you and that's what you thought it was? <laughs> I mean, also, and setting that aside, that wouldn't help. You get why that wouldn't help, right? I, it's important. You understand Trump is like if the also. brothers in Titus Andronicus just broke all of Lavinia's pencils and they were like, good. <laughs> <laughs> no one will know. All right. To be fair, they should have also broken her pencils. They should have. Well, we should also concede that Brennan has been an increasingly harsh critic of Trump. And while it's basically unprecedented for a former CIA director to so thoroughly excoriate a sitting president, it's... It's also unprecedented for a sitting president to do any of the myriad things Brennan is excoriating him for, right? Like, like <laughs> accusing the commander in chief of treason is pretty over the top unless he just very publicly committed treason. Except for right now. But yep. That's the one instance where that's okay. But the fact that Brennan has been such a vocal critic is the exact opposite of exonerating here. Trump is punishing him for the criticism. And at the same time, he's cutting him off from the information stream that keeps him so in the know on all the criminal bullshit he's doing. So despite that being the GOP's go-to defense, it's actually a condemnation on the line of your alibi for adultery being the murders you were committing at the time. <laughs> it's like if you had a... A decoy made of treason. I can't, I can't, there's no other way to finish that. To distract from other previous treason. I, that's what's yeah. happening. Which is why I lay the uranium chicken outside of the door of the room I keep the missile plans in. It's the perfect crime, <laughs> is what Heath is saying, I'm pretty sure. I didn't read now, a lot, but. For- <laughs> For whatever it's worth, the backlash against this latest move has been pretty harsh. The, the retired Navy admiral that commanded the special forces group that killed bin Laden released a scathing op-ed the following day saying Trump's actions had, quote, embarrassed us in the eyes of our children, humiliated us on the world stage, and worst of all, divided us as a nation, end quote. And on the same day, a dozen former intelligence leaders signed a letter condemning Trump's actions in this. We are like a week away from the Statue of Liberty somehow delivering a strongly worded statement condemning Trump. Like, as the actual statue. <laughs> well, they kind of already have one pre-installed at the base, as it turns out. It is on the bed. The huddled masses. Of course, okay, so despite the reaction, or more accurately because of it, Trump's White House has announced plans to revoke additional security clearances going forward. When asked about the timing of those future revocations, a spokesperson for the president said, quote, depends on when Omarosa releases those next tapes, end quote. (laughs) And on that note, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Hey, Eli, what, what's up? Why, why so sad? Oh, you know, just obsessing over my mortality. You're in your early thirties, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. I mean, come on, Eli. Death. It's not that bad. There's no Twitter there. No Twitter, yeah. right? Yeah, I guess. Right. Also, you won't have to obsess over your death anymore. Ooh, that that. that does sound nice, right? Plus, life insurance rates are the lowest they've been in twenty years. 
It's the best time to buy right now. And the best place to buy is policygenius.com. Oh, good. I was hoping this was an ad and we weren't just putting this. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be a dark one because as important as life insurance is, four out of ten people do not have it. But if anything happens and something's definitely going to happen, it's important that your loved ones are taken care of. Uh, but I don't know, Heath. Getting life insurance is such a hassle, and comparing rates is so confusing. That's true, usually, but not with Policy Genius. In just five minutes, you can compare quotes from the top insurers to find the best policy for you. When you compare quotes, you save money. It's that simple. There's no way that insurance can be simple. It really is, Eli. It really is. So if you've been putting off getting life insurance, there's no reason to put it off any longer. Go to policygenius.com, get quotes, and apply in minutes. It's that easy. You could do it right now. And you should, because rates are their lowest, as I said earlier, in 20 years. Hey, guys. What's up? Oh. Hey. Hey, Noah. Noah. Heath and I were just talking about how awesome mortality is. What? Mortality isn't awesome. It's terrifying and and, and depressing. No, 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 no. We're talking about Eli's mortality. Yeah, mine. Oh, oh, gotcha. Right. Policy Genius, the easy way to compare quotes and buy life insurance. Gonna get such a boost on Patreon. <laughs> right? Right? Oh. Did you read that article? Yes. Huge. Do like a sad cold open. Hey, guys. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love I have to send Eli a message saying, like, hey, man, was that too dark? And he's like, no, I had to make it a little darker. I had to make it a little darker. <laughs> I had to make Heath happier at the end to make <laughs> yeah, it darker. <laughs> Thank you, us. And in America's The Bomb News tonight, if you can, cast your mind back, way back to the days of your two... October of 2016, when a Saudi coalition used a bomb they bought from the United States to attack a funeral hall in Yemen based on, quote, incorrect information. Well, right. Yeah. To their credit, they were definitely aiming for not dead yet people. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. They were really sorry. Except then in March of the same year, they made another oopsie poopsie using a U.S. supplied precision guided MK-84 bomb on a Yemeni market, which killed 94 people. And as a result, the president back then, his name was Barack Obama, I can't remember it, but Barack something, banned (laughs) the sale of precision-guided military technology to Saudi Arabia over human rights concerns. A decision that was reversed by the Trump administration's then Secretary of State, Rex Tillerson, in March of 2017. Uh, Hold on. Hold on. That sounds wrong. Because I heard Obama and Trump are the same, and Democrats Mm -hmm. and Republicans are the same. I mean, how can you reverse something from... Same to same. There's got to be like a typo in there. That yep. you, Did you read it right? I Probably not. Well, this week, that same Saudi coalition used a 500-pound laser-guided MK-82 bomb made by Lockheed Martin to blow up a school bus full of children, killing 51 people and injuring 79 others, most of whom were children. I feel like... I feel like they're being super liberal with the term guided here, right? Like it doesn't mean what they think it means. Right. Now, (laughs) in the name of fairness, I should point out that the Saudis argue that this was a legitimate military target as Yemeni rebels all start out as children. I don't know. They're they're nipping that shit in the bud. Their their excuse isn't great. (laughs) Okay, cool. Cool. I get that. But I'm just 
spitballing here. Maybe some laser guided condoms for the Middle East. I feel, like, I feel like you can nip it before there's even a bud. Like laser guided abortions. I mean, that's just fucking cool. That's that's like a, an IMAX movie right there. Right? Goop, yeah, Goop sells those. So, <laughs> if you're wondering what the Trump administration had to say about our weapons being used to slaughter children en masse, the answer is nothing. Mm-mm. Although, when asked, James Mattis did point out that almost, quote, it's not like we pushed the button or anything, followed mm-hmm. up with almost, quote, maybe if we actually push the button, we'll hit less innocent people, no promises. And <laughs> almost <laughs> exact quote. quote. Wow. All right. Moving on in Hold Me Closer Tiny Cancer News. We got it. It looks like the United States is finally getting rid of some of that red tape surrounding extremely toxic carcinogens, and we can finally get the proper market solution for death by asbestos. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. For decades, those death by asbestos numbers were being artificially deflated by big government liberals and their whiny, bleeding heart regulations about uh, literal bleeding hearts and bleeding lungs. (laughs) Well... Not anymore. <laughs> Thanks to Donald Trump's Entrepreneur Protection Agency, or EPA, we're getting rid of that pesky death ceiling and making asbestos great again. Uh, of course he does this after I order the removal from my new house. I could have right. saved hundreds of dollars, guys. Hundreds. I'm pretty sure it's supposed to cost more than that, Eli. Nah, I met a guy behind Home Depot, and you're, <laughs> you're, you're going to die, Eli. Mm. We did an ad about that recently. I thought maybe that's got big industrial plastic bags. It's going to be fine. Go just go to Policy Genius before he comes over. Great. (laughs) So just to be clear, asbestos is still heavily restricted and existing regulations aren't being lifted. But the EPA has the opportunity to just ban the poison and they're fucking not. Instead, they're trying to make a new set of rules that grandfathers in all existing asbestos officially ignores that forever i guess and also opens the door for new uses which they're planning to evaluate case by case also the the process of evaluation i just mentioned that's going to go from you know a large battery of testing like the epa did under obama to more of a pretty pleased system under trump if you add cherries you're pretty much good to go with whatever asbestos new thing you want to do and uh one other Fun fact, apropos of nothing, the world's number one producer of asbestos is Russia. So, yeah, we we can finally import some of those Russian asbestos crayons for kids. Jesus Christ. And did not just make that up. Seriously, that's a real thing. Okay, counterpoint, the plague of flammable crayons that has haunted our nation is behind us <laughs> yeah well there's <laughs> what does that mean yeah flammable. there's the, i'm sorry but why would anyone be the leading producer of asbestos at this point right it's it seems like what putin settled for when his people told him he couldn't have a factory that made sudden infant death syndrome <laughs> I don't believe for a second that Putin would have settled for not a factory that makes sudden infant death. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a factory for breast milk formula? I didn't hear about that. What? And- he, he said you're a bad mom. <laughs> what? He said you're a bad mom. I'm on your side. Boo, boo. Fed baby is good baby. Fed baby is good baby. Boo. All right. So just a quick review of Donald Trump's opinion about a poison that causes about 40,000 preventable deaths every year. 
that he wants to deregulate. In his 1997 book, The Art of the Comeback, he wrote that asbestos is, quote, 100% safe once applied. As what? in, if if I, you never get any inside of you, then you never get any inside of you. Well, there's that. Unfortunately, <laughs> the entropy of the physical universe turned out to be greater than zero, so <laughs> his statement was false. Um, Take that, evolution! He also claimed the whole anti-asbestos movement was a conspiracy by the mafia to make money on asbestos removal. But uh, the winner, for me, was definitely the time he claimed that the World Trade Towers would not have fallen down on 9-11 if we just left all that amazing asbestos in there. Uh, some of which we did leave in there, and it probably poisoned the shit out of Lower Manhattan. So, uh, Heath, I know it's been a while since you like lived here, but we really like to ignore the people that got poisoned by the giant dust cloud on 9-11. So if you just step back in line, have some good pizza, pretend Giuliani didn't kill a bunch of homeless people on Christmas Eve, that would be great. That would be great. I'm, I'm sorry, but are you suggesting that truth is truth? Because I have, I have good authority here saying otherwise. I'm saying he's going to lose his security clearance. Right. <laughs> Facts are in the eye of the beholder. Also a Giuliani quote. Yeah, so... If it feels like Donald Trump is playing Escalation of Evil, the board game right now, that's because he is. He must be, right? right? What else can he be doing? Just in the last few months, the Trump administration lifted a ban on big game hunters bringing elephant tusks and lion hides back from Africa as trophies. That was one thing they did. They announced a plan to gut the Endangered Species Act, uh, freeing up oil companies to club more baby seals i guess i don't know yeah and uh there was one other thing uh oh right stealing babies and yep. um now he's like shit kind of blew my load with stealing babies uh, <laughs> can can we import indestructible fireproof tumor seeds from russia this game this is a hard game <laughs> only if it's in crayons though it's got to be in a kid's toy yeah I feel like we're all in a simulation to see when the American people would rise up and stop evil. And the people on the outside are just like, ah, dragons. He releases underground rape dragons from <laughs> Mexico. I don't know, man. Amount of shit. The answer is zero. <laughs> and next up in headlines from the Can't You Even Walk in Single file, the Trump administration proved themselves incapable of handling a goddamn parade last week <laughs> when they tepidly announced that Trump's vaunted Veterans Day slash Stalinist military parade would have to be postponed to 2019. Yes, a job that is generally determined not by application, but by sign-up sheet has proved too daunting for the 1,800 or so full-time employees of the executive office of the president and the over 4 million executive branch employees they can call upon. So, once again, for the folks in the back, the people we're counting on to run the military in a time of war can't even get a few of them lined up and facing the same way. All I'm saying is I don't even know what Putin's invasion force is waiting on at this point. (laughs) I think maybe they just need to stop laughing hysterically first just like <laughs> russian commanders weeping with laughter like shut up shut up this is serious we're gonna do it stalingrad stop stop i'm gonna pee i'm gonna i'm peeing. i'm shitting my pants <laughs> of course this whole parade fixation started in july of 2017 when french president emmanuel macron had a larger penis than trump 
After a European trip last year that he spent having people explain the stupidity and danger of withdrawing from the Paris Accords in ever simpler English, Trump provided the strongest evidence yet in the he's actually a petulant four-year-old turned into an old man by an unplugged Zoltar machine at the fair theory by internalizing nothing but parades with guns in them are awesome. Uh, uh, Mr. President, did you hear what I said about the uh, Paris Accords? Stay puffed, Marshmallow Man. Stay puffed, Marshmallow Man. <laughs> Stay puffed. Yeah. Stay puffed. <laughs> yeah, note Stay to puffed. European leaders he meets with in the future. Maybe incorporate your messaging into the brightly colored parade. Like get a bunch of guys <laughs> holding a sign that says asbestos bad, maybe. I'm just spitballing, but help us out couldn't hurt. Okay, so since Bastille Day, Trump's obsession with having a military parade has provided the only consistent policy position of his presidency other than the corruption, incompetence, and racism. But after the latest cost estimates came in at well over $90 million, even the most ardent armed force fluffers started to criticize this pointless extravagance. Yeah, $90 million is crazy. I mean, you could like silence 700 porn stars with that money yep <laughs> and then and then get sued anyway you could fail well, at silencing right. almost like 692 <laughs> porn stars with that money so after the event officially collapsed under the weight of its stupidity on friday trump sent out a series of tweets blaming democratic officials in the district of columbia for being better at getting what they want than him yeah like like he seemed to think he was shifting the blame here but it's always the winner's fault that you lost right not not much more exculpatory than assuring the police that you would have gotten away with it if it hadn't been for those meddling kids but the important takeaway <laughs> is that it's somebody else's fault he's a failure even when he's trying to do things that ptas pull off 22 million times a year <laughs> <laughs> and in sandy hook line and stinker news tonight Free speech beacon and victim of the radical left, Alex Jones, is alleged to have destroyed evidence relating to the defamation lawsuit against him from multiple Sandy Hook parents by deleting tweets where he said their dead babies were crisis actors. Okay, well, why do you think there's always twins at those mass shootings? To get around the child crisis actor labor laws. Get woke. <laughs> See? It's I the Olsen twins. So Jones, who listeners may know, was recently silenced by the liberal cucks at Facebook, Apple, Spotify, and Pinterest for being unafraid to speak truth to power, allegedly deleted tweets and posts accusing Sandy Hook families of being crisis actors quote-unquote, proof that children were removed from the school earlier in the day, and my favorite, side-by-side -side picture comparisons of Sandy Hook victims and other shooting victims, claiming that they are the same people. Ugh. And while his attorney has yet to comment, Ugh. Jones has said on his program that he deleted the tweets not to hide evidence, but in order to, quote, take the super high road, end quote. Really? <laughs> By He's taking the high road above the parents who he accused of faking their children's death, you see. <laughs> the high road. That one. Well, <laughs> huh. so the dim silver lining here is that he seems to recognize that the high road would have involved not having done any of that, though, right? <laughs> I'm worried about how he thinks the time dimension works, but I feel like we're making progress nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, but it's not all bad for Jones this week because he's got one major supporter. That's right. President Donald Trump. Jesus. Yep. Christ. Trump, who, just a quick reminder, appeared on Jones's show after he said 9-11 and Sandy Hook were false flags in December of 2015, told him that, quote, 
Your reputation is amazing. I will not let you down, end quote. And then this past week tweeted in what we can assume is in, at least in part a response to Jones's social media ban, quote, Social media is totally discriminating against Republican slash conservative voices. Speaking loudly and clearly for the Trump administration, we won't let that happen. They are closing down the opinions of many people on the right while at the same time doing nothing to others. Censorship is a very dangerous thing and absolutely impossible to police. If you are weeding out fake news, there is nothing so fake as CNN and MSNBC. And yet, I do not ask that their sick behavior be removed. I get used to it and watch with a grain of salt or don't watch at all. Too many voices are being destroyed, some good and some bad. And that cannot be allowed to happen. Who is making the choices? Because I can already tell you that too many mistakes are being made. Let everybody participate, good and bad, and we will all just have to figure it out. Not adding... Unless you're investigating me for treason. <laughs> In which case, wrap it the fuck up. <laughs> and finally tonight. In N is for news news. Donald Trump is yelling fake N-word in response to a new wave of allegations that he's a giant bigot who uses the real N-word with an ER at the end. And the renewed attention popped up following the release of a new tell-all book called Unhinged, written by reality show colleague and fired White House aide, Omarosa Manigault Newman. So just to reiterate, using the letter system we've established, the president of the United States is yelling fake N-word at an African-American woman who appears to be very credibly accusing him of hate speech. Which is bullshit, because now Rachel Dolezal has to rename her autobiography and can't be fake N-word anymore. She had dibs. Okay, so I, I want to be perfectly fair here. Anybody who accused Eli of having blood in his shit would be credibly accusing Eli of having blood in his shit, right? Like, like what I'm saying is when you're accusing Donald Trump of hate speech, the floor is all caps very credibly. <laughs> Omarosa is automatically somewhere above that. Yeah, so according to Omarosa, Donald Trump was definitely using the N-word in reference to black people while he was on the set of The Apprentice. And she's quite certain he was actually caught on tape doing that. And even if the producers of the show got rid of those tapes, Amarosa claims to have plenty of her own tapes full of Trump being terrible. All that being said, Trump was literally caught on tape confessing to sexual assault. And then he got elected president of the United States a month later. Yep. Yeah, I'm sorry, but... Who do they, which current Trump supporter do they think is going to be pushed too far by this? Right. Like, they think there was one guy holding out that Trump has never dropped an N-bomb? I want to hang out with that guy. I want to know, I, I want to get inside his <laughs> head. Do Yeah, I feel like the N-word is pretty much his stated immigration policy at this point. <laughs> yeah, so regardless of the political consequences, um, and for younger listeners, Political consequence is an archaic term for something that happens as a result of something else, like, you know, one single person changing their mind based on evidence within the political sphere. Anyway, it's like an apothecary. It, you don't yeah, it's, it it's a weird thing. We'll explain. Some other day. Ask, ask an old person. Anyway, regardless of the effect this might have on Trump's future voting base, we did get to watch Sarah Huckabee Sanders try to take questions about this without ever actually saying informational content in her answers <laughs> yes. and it was the best during a press conference she said quote i can't guarantee anything 
I can okay. tell you the huh? president addressed this question directly. Uh huh. I can tell you that I never heard it. End quote. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, mostly. She can't hear anything over the cacophony of animal bones being devoured and frantic wheezing of air between bites and the loud hum of her meat sweating. I mean, I actually have the same problem, but. Well, hey, Heath, I'm just saying you and SHS could work some shit out over a complimentary cheese plate and a bathroom stall fuck. I, I, you could work oh, some shit. That would be Ow. an afternoon. I got to say, I am not usually super impressed with her, but this is one of the greatest clinically tested moments in political history, right? She says the president did address it and then doesn't follow up with what he said. He did it directly, though. <laughs> yeah. She says, did he, did he answer whether he said that? She's like, yes, he answered that question. Uh, what was the answer? I said no follow up. That's what really <laughs> fucking <laughs> happened. Literally what happened. Say yes or no. Say the words yes or no. I'm S saying no to you asking me to say yes or, or no. Did you say snouts? <laughs> yeah. No. I know it's a little hard for you guys to understand. <laughs> I'm the smart one. Don't make fun of my eyeliner. Uh, that's uncivil. <laughs> my dad will come after you. Smoke. He's stuck on a plane right now. <laughs> yeah, so that was delightful and of course we also got to see trump try to deny the accusation without ever denying the accusation and <laughs> right. this included the following tweet i guess this was the direct answer that sarah huckabee sanders was talking about quote uh the producer of the apprentice mark burnett called to say there are no tapes where i used such a terrible and disgusting word as attributed by wacky and deranged amorosa um just real quick, seems like you, you wouldn't need confirmation that tapes of a non-existent event are non-existent. Whatever. Yeah. That's fine. Continuing. I don't have that word in my vocabulary and never have. She made it up. Fake news. End quote. I don't, don't, don't even, Eva use that letter. I don't even, I don't, don't even use that letter. I, no, I've got to be honest here. Like, I don't have that word in my vocabulary. Would be damn believable from him in any other circumstance, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, just to be clear, Donald Trump one hundred percent absolutely has said the N word many times in his life, and we definitely need tapes to realize that's just obviously true. Same for P tapes. <laughs> I, honestly, there is an overlap in the P tape. Tapes in which he has said the N-word diagram. <laughs> it's like Baba I mean, Brinkman's it riddle. It could be his first fucking... It could have been his first fucking word. I want to see his baby book. Like, prove to me that wasn't your first word. I know your dad. I know who your dad was. He'd have been so proud. Here's a tape of me getting peed on, not yelling the N-word. See? <laughs> see? Fake news. The only tape I could find of me not saying the N-word. <laughs> And that's going to do it for episode 78. Thanks to No Illusions. Thanks to Eli Bosnick. And thanks to all the listeners who liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening. And please keep telling your friends. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like Chris, Cameron, Dante, David, Seth, Charles, Jack, TJ, Brian, Michaela, Kaylee, and Steven, whose dicks and vaginas are like burnt cheese. What? 
Like you know, you know when cheese gets like like when you make a grilled cheese and a little bit leaks out. Yeah, into no, the pan I, I, I'm instead, totally like, following awesome you. That, like that edge, and it's, when it's you, like, like when you warm and the taste, pizza, and you want to fuck up, it, and you really want to fuck that oh, cheese. Oh yeah, um, yep. yeah. All right. Okay. I thought no. I was gonna give you a strong piece of advice that uh, shouldn't compare women's vaginas to cheese ever, but I was outvoted. So, burnt you know, cheese. Burnt cheese. Burnt cheese. No, that's the best cheese. Yeah. All right, ladies, your cunts are like burnt cheese. <laughs> well, okay. now you said cunts, you made it sound offensive. Why? I cunt? It, they're not like burnt cheese? Burnt cheese is better than cunt. Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about breast milk again. Let's talk about I'm the breast milk I'm glad that we thing. ended on a point of agreement, though. Burnt cheese is better than the word burnt cunt. Burnt cheese is amazing. It's better than the word cunt, and you should... But better than, like, the thing that it describes, like, I would take a cunt over burnt cheese, though. I want to make that super, super clear in case... Somebody's trying to decide what to get me for my birthday. Right. Yeah, I think we've Absolutely. cleared up a lot of important things in this segment. Good. <laughs> Send us your cunt at patreon.com. <laughs> also, just real quick, um, my earlier comment about breast milk, I'm pretty sure was sarcastic. I don't remember exactly what I said. No. What no, did I get wrong about breast milk on like two episodes ago? No, no, no. You have to get the same angry emails as us. Just because you don't read them doesn't mean you don't have to get them. Well, no. I'm saying I read something where I got something wrong on the breast milk. I don't remember the details. Did I get I, something I wrong? You, I, I don't think you got anything wrong, but it was just like some people wanted to point out that in in like uh, sort of in industrialized society – there's really very little evidence that formula is not as healthy as breast milk. That really the problem isn't like that in third world countries, uh, breast milk is, is significantly healthier and, um, that it sort of like plays in sometimes when we talk about this, if we're not clear on that, it plays into this, you know, you're a bad mom if you don't breastfeed stereotype that a lot of people have that's, that, that's kind of like, you know, whatever, kind of condemns women to, you know, new mothers to like, uh, being, you know, seen as, as, as less than if they don't do the traditional thing. So. Okay. That's not funny though. So I, I didn't have a funny, if, I, if I'd known you were going to ask, I would have had a funny way to describe that. I but. feel like people are taking away a lot of the reasons we can shame mothers. Like I felt, I felt that way for a while. <laughs> yeah, what what was of- on your list until now? Uh, if your kid has a rat tail, you're a bad mom. Yeah, well, that's... A, <laughs> no, that's still That's valid, official. Though. That's why my mom is terrible. If yep. your kid gets kidnapped, you're you're probably not a great mom. I know that's not popular <laughs> to say, but I'm standing by it. Three, I'm not going to go with stripper. That's the popular one. I think if your kid becomes a stripper, you fucking nailed it. If your kid becomes, like, an assistant regional manager somewhere, like, I feel like you didn't crush it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you did it... <laughs> But you shouldn't, you shouldn't use the word good. Okay. So middle to lower management moms of moms Definitely of lower that. management. Right. That is our official position yeah. as a show. Mostly yeah. no less. You know, have your kid either be at the bottom or the top of the, the, the employment chain. That's, yeah, that's the absolutely. Got it. Good. I'd like to distance myself from everything said here, especially the stuff that, that I said. <laughs> I'd like to edit everything after he said burnt cheese for the first time in this podcast. <laughs> All right. So I'd like a clean cut to right now. <laughs> <laughs> we all had a merry six and a half minutes, and now Heath's going to say, and whether or not, and it's going to be great. Financially and benevolent, edit. like those fine people. If you enjoyed our friend of whimsy. <laughs> And you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge, check out our brother and sister shows, The Scathing Atheist, God Awful Movies, and Citation Needed. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, or the Deep Web. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penis. 
Special thanks to Ryan Slonik of Evil Drafts on Mars. He is the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with his permission. You should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide or by Googling the only band called Evil Drafts on Mars. Until next time, catchphrase sign off. Leave Baba Brinkman with the wheat. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I know we have a show to record, but oh my fucking God at this book, Eli. This is your favorite science fiction book? You don't like Ender's Game? Oh my fucking... Okay, so I'm only a third of the way through it. Maybe it gets way better at some point, but Jesus, the prose is hacky. The story is hacky. The dialogue is fucking terrible. I don't give a shit what happens to this bratty-ass fucking kid. Oh my fucking God, by this homophobic, anti-Semitic, racist, bigot, piece of shit dude that I just gave money to. Holy fuck. I mean, it's, it's better now than it was at the beginning of the book the first couple chapters i'm like okay i'm gonna hang myself by the deck and and now and now i'm like okay I, I'll, I'll get through it and shit it got better but oh my god this is really for you're like a top of the this is top shelf for you i yeah i mean I, okay so so here's what i'm gonna say here's what i'm gonna say if i had read this book when i was a kid i probably would have fucking loved it right like i think this is a book where like Probably like it's much harder to experience for, if for the first time as an adult and appreciate than like when I was a bratty ass kid getting my ass kicked. I probably would have liked it a lot more. Yeah, I read it way back in 2016. So <laughs> that was the Before first time I read that book. Grown up. <laughs> so I could see how that would make sense. All right, but no, but like I said, I, I'm not going to assess the book after just a third of it. And like I said, it's getting much better now. It's like the plot starting to sort of like. You know, Pick hone up. in a little bit, and it's expanding out, and it's like, okay, it's not just going to be the fucking little kid revenge porn fantasy shit the entire time. So, uh, no, it is. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I don't. No spoilers. Maybe it will be. Then. Maybe someone <laughs> kicks the shit out of Ender. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I mean, I just, it's, it's kind of hard to make me super sympathetic with a character who's like, yeah, but what if he was just better at everything than everyone just the first time he tried it? Like, yeah, that would be great. Right, well. <laughs> anyway, sorry, we got a show to record. I'm sorry. Some of us, some of us have that experience. It was very relatable to see that <laughs> in our fiction. Heath, do you do you like Ender's Game? Heath, do you also? Are there a certain amount of votes that I uh, abstain? Have not read. <laughs> All right. All I'm saying is, like, so Heath, you haven't may, may not have read it. Okay, so but the author is a weird ass racist Mormon homophobe who writes extensively on the evils of gay marriage. So yep. I mean, like, just knowing nothing else but that, I feel like. I feel like you. Sh I should earn your vote on my side. Does he make but a good argument or a bad argument? <laughs> um, to be honest, I haven't read all of that. I wasn't impressed with his prose. I'm gonna make a pro. I'll tell you, Heath. He makes some pretty obvious pro genocide arguments. So. <laughs> okay, but it sounds like he's not doing it randomly. It sounds very non-random. So I don't know. No. He is. It's not random. No, no. There's definitely a very like strong eugenics, like pro eugenics 
uh, thing that that this this like the, like the books the, the the main theme of the book up to this point is it seems to be like boy that bullying sure works huh okay only I'm on board with this were, now yeah so like I'm like I, I might be underselling it there it's, it seems very pro eugenics and pro bullying. I mean, the um, Mormons, just the existence of Mormons is a pretty strong eugenics argument. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, they're the Latter-day Saint of the Church of Christ of the Jesus of the of, past. Of rich, beautiful white people. I mean, like, nah, the white part's not, like, the important part of that statement to me, but, yeah. It's uh, interesting that you threw it in there, though. Well, they are. Is, is, that's just naturally. a fact. That's, I didn't have anything to do. I can't change history. <laughs> they are no very, illusions. They are they very are delightsome. What, like, I, I they didn't are make them The most white. delightsome of people. I, I, will, I will grant you that. You know, that. <laughs> they could be caramel. I would have said caramel there. And it same <laughs> would you? Same statement. Sorry, uh, were you going to leave the count? Or? I don't know how it starts. <laughs> With one? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody else do it. Okay, I got gotcha. you. One, two, three, four, four five. five. Six. Nine, this is serious. Six, seven, three. I have to edit this. We, you flew too close. To, we got four. Flew close to the stun with the whole what you, number you, comes first question. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three, four, four five, six, six seven, seven, eight. No, stupid. I mean, only seven, I said eight. Damn it. It's like I came in a beat early on the big fucking drop. Yeah, right, right, exactly. exactly. Boom, yeah! It's like, oh, they don't say, don't stop believing until the third chorus. Fuck. One, two, three. Four, five, four, six, five, seven, six, six, eight, seven. Cut, cut, cut. (laughs) The line's four, five, six. You got it? I got it. So Noah's, the, the, the connection got bad, and then it, you, it was, uh-huh. yeah. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC, copyright 2018, all rights reserved.